Paranormal Radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Hey neighbors, I have a special announcement to make. Now, as you know, we had a changeover in the staff of the Paracast as of February of last year, when the original co-host David Biedney left the show for personal reasons, and we respect that, and we wish him well. I understand he's headlining the agenda at the Macworld Expo in San Francisco this week. So, right, way to go, David. Hey, you know, that's terrific. You know, of course, David's very well known in the digital imaging arena, and we wish him the best, great success in his life, free of paranormal concerns, which sometimes is the best thing, you know. (laughs) I know that I have left this field four or five times for extended periods. In fact, I was out of the field when the Phoenix lights occurred in Phoenix. I was living in Phoenix, and we had the Phoenix lights. I didn't see them. I didn't care about them because I did my best to stay out of the paranormal realm. What about you, Chris? (laughs) Once you got involved in this, Chris O'Brien, what was your particular experience did you drop out because i have an announcement to make which may cause you to drop out even further once you hear it but have you had this period of time where you said i've had enough of this i've got to get back to normal life well yeah i did i took a two a two-year hiatus uh initially from 2002 through 2004 uh when i moved back east to uh write a biography on on ray stanford so i was kind of peripherally involved and i i was keeping tabs on on activity, but I wasn't, you know, out in the field investigating. I did look into a couple of sighting events there, so I was. I kind of took a, a a pretty big step back uh, at that point. But once I got out to Arizona, I found myself really zeroing in on what I felt were uh, the most uh, opportune situations to investigate the paranormal. So I, I kind of took a little bit of a step away from UFOs and and was involved off and on for five years in doing haunted site research. Um, but it was still paranormal, you see, you never But it was it still up. paranormal, yeah. So I, I really have never totally taken a step back. I, I feel like I, I've uh, kind of gone underground uh, a little bit, you know, for, for periods of time. But um, I've, I've never, never really fully backed off and said, that's it, I'm not going to take it anymore. I can't, I can't take this anymore. I, I've never gotten to that point of being so frustrated and so, uh, you know, just so uh, bent out of shape. I, I, I tend to kind of be pretty even keeled about these subject areas and I I don't really let them get under my skin. Well, I'll tell you what, (laughs) this announcement is probably going to make you want to disappear again. So let's backtrack here. Our original co-host leaves the show. We have some guest co-hosts, which included Frank Warren, Paul Kimball, Nick Redfern, Greg Bishop, and Chris O'Brien. And of course, I didn't consider them as tryouts until it came a point where Chris is here just about every week. I am making Chris work very hard, reading the books from our guests, does a lot of independent research, and he still has all his personal projects that he's engaged in, and we'll talk about those in a moment. And I figure, you know what, let's recognize the reality. As of this episode, you are the official co-host of the PowerCast. Oh my, where's, where's that button that has all the applause, and the, the hooting and hollering? Chris, I'm not sure, Gene. <laughs> you know what? I kind of feel like I've been the co-host, really. I mean, this is, I'm going on, I think I've done 40 shows already, so let's make it official. I appreciate that. And I'm glad to make it official. There will be no gold watches, except for the one carrot we talked about last week. I thought maybe the one carrot. I'll take a platinum one. You'll take a platinum one. You're greedy. (laughs) So as we speak, as we record the show, you're about to jump on a plane, you know, and I think this Jerry Lewis movie, one of the last Jerry Lewis movies where the people 
who were flying the plane would actually, because it was a low-cost airline, <laughs> they had pedals. They used pedals to keep the plane aloft. So is this the kind of airplane you're going to fly? Um, actually, no. I'm, uh, I'm going out in a Cadillac CTS, actually. <laughs> I'm oh, driving you're out. driving. You're not. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. To make a long story short, my, my, uh, a, a guy I worked with here in Sedona for six years uh, doing video production uh, has relocated to L.A., and he's been involved. It's kind of a labor of love for him. For three years, he's been slowly accumulating um, conversations between the top uh, people in ufology discussing the, the subject of disclosure. And um, there's probably 25 uh, really interesting uh, dialogues that have uh, been filmed over the last three years. And, you know, Richard Dolan, Stan Friedman, uh, uh, Daniel Sheehan, uh, just you name it. I mean, they're all you just go down the list of everybody. Um, Stephen Bassett, of course, is in there. Um, now, Stephen no, Bassett's controversial. Not everybody in there is somebody that everybody supports. Well, that's true, but but we I think Ron really came up with a very interesting approach. The the title of this it's going to be probably a ten DVD set, and it's called Dialogues on Disclosure. And basically, there's about 150 200 hours of interviews um, there. Um, my job will be to sort of call that down, sort of uh, go ahead and and uh, try to reduce the the volume of of tape actually in interviews and then uh, distill it down to a 90 minute project which will be standalone but all the full length interviews will also be uh, available and and basically it's it's ufologist talking to ufologist about the subject and some of the pairings are very interesting and uh, it's a very interesting project of course I'm I've been very uh, pretty agnostic when it comes to the whole subject of disclosure so I'm, I'm going to be approaching this as a journalist and um, as a video producer and try not to go into it as best I can with any sort of foregone agenda or conclusion. I'm going to try to do this as objectively as humanly possible. And based on, on a number of the interviews that I've seen already, there's some really good stuff in there. And I'm really looking forward to going out to L.A. for the next week to 10 days and, and working uh, long hours on getting this project uh, completed. And we hope to go ahead and, and get it uh, available and premiere it at the uh, UFO Congress on the February 23rd through 27th here in Phoenix. Well, here's a big point, too. Despite that, you'll still be available on the show. So you'll have to take those two or three hour hiatuses. Which I enjoy. I enjoy doing that. Okay, we appreciate that. Now, without obviously doing a spoiler here. Can you give us a hint or two about some of the interviews, what things we might learn about the people who are included? Well, I think, you know, it depends on the person and who they're talking to. Um, Stephen Bassett, for instance, is involved in, in two separate conversations, one with Dan Sheehan, um, which, which I found was fascinating. I learned so much about um, the history of disclosure and, and some of the things that Danny Sheehan had to say about about uh, viewing uh, the Project Blue Book's classified uh, files. And uh, there's a lot of real gems in there that I wasn't fully aware of or didn't know the story behind some of the events and, 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 and anecdotes. And I, I, just, I just really find the project uh, very stimulating. It's much better than doing a crystal healing uh, instructional video or size video, you know, the kind of stuff I was doing for years here in Sedona. This is, this is the kind of video project that I can really sink my teeth into and, and, uh, 
and it's it's pretty exciting for me to to be involved in this. Even though I'm, like I said, I'm I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell that we're going to see the U.S. government fully disclose what it knows about UFOs. We've talked about this many times on the show, but I'm I'm going to drop that off by the wayside and really look at this as as objectively as as possible as a journalist. And perhaps we'll bring some of those people on the show to talk about disclosure. And as a way, of course, of introducing people to the DVDs, these will be out when? We're going to have them out hopefully by the time uh, that the UFO Congress starts, February 23rd. It's called Dialogues on Disclosure. And Chris will be doing special coverage over that UFO Congress, and we will have extra special episodes. Today's episode involves someone, though, who lives back east in New Jersey, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he lives in the great old state of New Jersey, and he's right. MUFON's Eastern Region Director, George Filer. And the reason we bring him on is because he has this periodic newsletter called Filer's Files, okay, where he has updates about UFOs and other strange events. And obviously, he's been at this for a long time, has lots of good stories to tell, and we're going to want to hear from him and to see what he has and, you know, ask some key questions about his particular point of view, maybe the best cases he's found, and the future of the UFO field, and maybe we'll ask him about disclosure. We also have some questions from our listeners on the Paracast. So our now full-time co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Jacques Filet, Bud Hopkins, Brad Steiger, Nick Redfern, Lauren Coleman. You'll find classic and new books by these and many other authors at Anomalous Books, the number one publisher of 40 books on the planet. They specialize in books on UFOs and aliens, Bigfoot and cryptozoology, parapsychology and the paranormal, as well as alternative history, all of which makes Anomalous Books simply phenomenal. Check out their catalog at AnomalousBooks.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-I-S-T Books.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30%, while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us, and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Becoming a modern smoker is now easier and more cost-effective, thanks to LeSig. Traditional smokers the world over love LeSig. E-cigarettes with a look, feel, and taste of real cigarettes, but without the nasty smoke, ashes, or stains. LeSig is powered by revolutionary microelectronic technology. A small, rechargeable battery and unique replaceable cartridge provide all the satisfaction and benefits of smoking without the smoke and all the hazards. See the large variety of LeSig e-cigarette supplies and accessories at LeSig.com. That's L-E-C-I. 
SIG.com. LaSiga's competitively priced comes with the best customer service, a 30-day warranty, and satisfaction guaranteed. What a great gift idea. For a 10% discount, mention GCN when you call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Ask for fast, free, same-day shipping. Order online at LaSig.com and use promo code GCN at checkout. That's L-E-C-I-G.com. LaSig for today's modern smoker. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops Helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com We are joined by George Feiler. He is the MUFON Eastern Region Director and he has a publication called Filer's Files which has been around for a number of years and it lists UFOs and other related information. Lots of news and views and information. George, what attracted you to the UFO mystery? Well, I used to uh, fly for the Air Force, and I was flying in England in tankers, and um, they asked us if we would um, investigate a UFO that was over the center of England. We were flying uh, over the North Sea doing tanker operations. We used to call it putting the fighters to bed because, uh, as you probably know, the fog rolls in in England, and planes can't land. They have to go land somewhere else and uh, we were losing some fighters because of the bad fog on occasion so we were the now you mean losing that they crash or that you can't see them well in some cases they crashed because they were out of fuel so the idea was to have a tanker in the air at all times to refuel them so that they could go to Germany or Spain uh, when the weather got bad all of a sudden or they might crash landing, you know, in bad weather. So this was a kind of a safety type thing. So we were up every night, and uh, London Control realized that we were there, and when the UFO would come into our general area, they would ask us to basically chase it away. At one time, they were using fighters, but the fighters often didn't come back, and uh, particularly if they fired on the UFOs. 
Oh, boy. You know, you just opened up a thousand questions. But before we get to them, let's hear more about your particular instance here. Well, so in any case, this was over the center of England, about near the Stonehenge, uh, Oxford area. And we're on the coast, so we have to go about 100 miles inland and descend from like 33,000 feet down to 1,000 feet where the UFO was hovering. And as we got closer, the London Control is giving us, uh, you know, headings and so on. And uh, we're in a more or less a steep dive, and we went, actually went through our red line, which is as fast as you could fly. <laughs> Yeah. Now, just very quickly before you go on, when did this happen? What year we're talking about? Uh, 1962. Okay. And, um, oh, about 50 miles out, I was able to pick up the UFO on the aircraft radar. And the interesting thing, it was a huge uh, radar return. When you took off out of Skaltharp, England, almost as soon as you got in the air, you could pick up the Firth of Fourth Bridge in Scotland, which is about 200 miles away, and it was a huge return. And this this bridge is about uh, a mile long and, of course, made out of steel and so on. And the UFO image on the radar was almost exactly like this uh, this bridge, so it would indicate that it was a very large a radar return, a large object of some kind that we were picking up as we got closer to it or got, got bigger. In other words, it indicated that it was made of steel or some kind of metallic substance and uh, was just hovering over the center of England. And as we got closer, the image got larger. And uh, In other words, it was a real image. It wasn't a cloud or something like that. And... Uh, when we got about a mile from it, it uh, suddenly lit up both the radar return and and we could see it off in the distance, kind of like a uh, ship at sea, like a aircraft carrier or something. And suddenly it just took off vertically straight up in the sky. Looked very much like the uh, shuttle launching at night that most people have seen those pictures. And that's pretty much what we saw basically lights in the sky, what convinced us that, of course, that it was real was the fact that we had it on the radar, on the aircraft, and the, and the ground radar had it as well. So two radar stations at least were picking it up, so it would indicate that it was a real object. And then when we got, we were doing about 400 miles an hour, and it went up about 10 or 20 times faster than we were flying, so you indicate, knew that it was an object that uh, probably, you know, was not from this earth. And that's how I got interested in UFOs. Part of the interest that we had is that uh, shortly thereafter, we were invited to a dining in, and uh, Prince Philip was a speaker. And uh, he also has a strong interest in UFOs, and he asked to... Uh, meet with us, you know, the crews that had seen UFOs, and we told our stories of what we had seen, and he indicated that he was convinced, you know, that the Earth was being visited, and that kind of uh, together, both his interest and the fact that we had seen something uh, created my interest in UFOs, and I've been pretty much following him ever since then. 
Now, you mentioned instances where we tried to shoot down UFOs. I know there was a book out some years back called Shoot Them Down. Are you referring to the cases in that book or things that you know about because of your well, background in the Air Force? We were told that uh, previous to our chasing them, they had sent up fighters. And all they really said is that some of the fighters didn't come back. So we don't know for certain that you know, they tried to shoot them down, but we had indications that uh, when you fired at them, they would return the fire. And the reason they were using tankers to chase them was that we were on, we had no, you know, weapons on board. And obviously we couldn't shoot at them, so they apparently wouldn't try to shoot at us. <laughs> I didn't hear of any cases where the uh, tankers were lost. Well, you referred to craft that didn't come back, so how were they lost? Well, we were told, uh, and actually since then, we were, I've talked to fighter pilots that uh, att attempted to shoot them. And in one case, uh, I talked to this individual. He was in Japan, and he was flying F-102s, which at the time was uh, a very hot aircraft, and he and his wingman went after it. And... Uh, he had engine trouble and kind of turned back, but his wingman went after the UFO and shot at it and uh, said, I've got a direct hit on the UFO, and there was a, you could hear like an explosion. And uh, he said that nothing happened to the UFO, and they basically were coming after him. And then he was, uh, he was lost. He was never found. I'm going to ask you more about this in a moment. We have George Filer, and he has this publication called Filer's Files, kind of a online newsletter that you can subscribe to and get more information about the cases he has explored and compiled in recent years. But as we're learning right now, he's got a lot more sensational information to offer on the show. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. A reminder that Chris O'Brien is now the full-time co-host for the Paracast. And, of course, we'll still be hearing as guest co-hosts from occasionally Nick Redfern and Greg Bishop. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Egg for the future. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. 
of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. This message starts with a great offer from Big Berkey Water Filters because we don't want you drinking dangerous water one minute longer. Right now, purchase any filter system from BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com to get your choice of two Berkey Sport bottles, a KDF shower filter, a set of fluoride filters, or our new Cyclass spigot absolutely free. Why do this? Because over 60% of municipal water is fluoridated, and at less than two cents per gallon, Berkey Water Filters purify both treated and untreated water, removing dangerous chlorine, fluoride, and other contaminants. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water, so they're perfect for rainwater collection systems and emergency preparedness. Remember, Big Berkey includes free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit B-I-G-B-E-R-K-E-Y-WaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call today 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget... CrossbreedHolsters.com If you're serious about playing college football, give yourself the competitive edge with the National Underclassmen Football Combine. The NUC is the longest-running underclassmen event and the most respected combine and football camp in the nation. Specifically designed to give athletes early recruiting exposure, there's no better time than now to compete in the National Underclassmen Football Combine. Call 888-NUC-MVP1 or go to nationalunderclassmen.com to find out more. This is not a drill. Repeat, this is not a drill. Gun sales are on a staggering pace. Gun prices are going through the roof, and that means desperate, vicious criminals now want your guns and will do anything to get them. Now, a new book reveals powerful secrets for hiding your guns from thieves and looters. You'll learn step-by-step battle-hardened techniques, where to hide your guns so criminals will never find them, how to create the perfect hiding place, as well as the places you should never hide your guns under any circumstance. These and other closely guarded gun caching secrets are guaranteed to keep your weapons safe and out of sight when the going gets tough. But listen up. For security reasons, the Hide Your Guns book and even the website may disappear without warning at any time. Go to HideYourGuns.com. That's HideYourGuns.com. Or call 877-327-0365. Before they come for your guns. HideYourGuns.com right now. Right now. Right now. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Clifford Cliff, the International Director for the Mutual UFO Network. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have George Filer. He's Eastern Director for Mutual UFO Network, longtime UFO enthusiast, investigator, etc. His interest going back to 1962 when he flew for the Air Force. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Chris, you have a 10,000 questions, I'm sure, based on what he's told us so far. Maybe you want to probe further. 
well, <laughs> my first uh, my first comment really is it must have been a little disconcerting to uh, to be faced with a huge object like that that some of your your planes hadn't come back uh, due to some sort of interaction with them. It, it must have been a little disconcerting to be flying uh, around in a huge tanker plane filled with uh, with jet fuel, <laughs> knowing that these things could possibly be hostile, uh, did that in any way, shape, or form impact your guys' uh, response to this object? Well, I guess it did a little bit, but uh, we were more excited about the chase. If you know, <laughs> sounds funny, but uh, frequently flying is you know like boring holes in the sky, and this was uh, something interesting to do and. Uh, I guess we thought about the fact that something might happen, but um, whenever you're flying, something can happen. So you you just do your job, so to speak. Now, were you ever uh, told not to mention this uh, to to anybody, or were you ever put under any sort of uh, kind of a security uh, clampdown on this? Or, or you know, Prince Philip uh, came and and briefed you guys. Were you allowed to talk to anybody else? Did this? particular incident uh, make the papers or get any sort of publicity? No. It, to my knowledge, uh, we were surprised that he knew about it. Apparently, he he knew about it from London Control. But I was not aware of it being in the papers or, you know, any kind of publicity. Or even on the base, no one else seemed to know much about it. You know, only the few crews that had actually chased the UFOs. Do you think it was a, a major problem? Was this a major problem for the Air Force, uh, having to, to uh, scramble interceptors to go after these uh, objects? I mean, what are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, just a few uh, instances where this happened, or was this a fairly routine, regular occurrence? It, it sounds uh, it sounds like uh, there was just, you're talking more than just a handful of, uh, of cases here. Well, at least at the time, they didn't tell us much of anything. It's like, you know, it's, you're ordered to chase something and you, and you chase it. That's pretty much how it worked. Yeah, so it was need to know. <laughs> need to know, and, and they tell you very little. And uh, on the other hand, I have talked to other pilots and uh, air crews that uh, pretty much the same. They They don't give you the big picture, so to speak. But you talk to a number of air crews, and you find out that they have, they have also chased them, so something was going on. Now, we were already airborne, so we weren't scrambled to, to uh, chase them, so to speak. And actually, because of that, we could reach, normally reach them much faster, because it takes quite a while to get an aircraft off the ground, you know, and up to altitude. Right, especially a tanker, which is not going to be setting any uh, any aerial speed records. Um, another question uh, I have is, uh, what was the, you were the pilot now, right? Correct? Is, is I am I assuming that? At the time. I was the navigator at the time. You were a navigator at the time. Okay, and uh, have you been uh, doing? I I assume that you've been doing research uh, in the intervening years about other instances uh, that occurred in the European theater. Uh, do you want to talk about any other uh, cases that uh, you've uh, become aware of in the in the years uh, since this happened uh, that that occurred there? Well, most of them are fairly similar to ours. I don't know if they're the large ones, but uh, quite a few 
fighter pilots at different times had, you know, seen them. And one of the problems that occurred is that they would sometimes, at that time, if you remember, the Soviet Union and the European countries, the NATO countries were more or less at war. That was the height of the Cold War. Not a fighting war, so to speak, but it could have been at any moment. And uh, sometimes the... uh, UFOs would come in from the Soviet Union and we would think there would be some kind of attack by the Soviets and vice versa, that they would come in from the West, so to speak, and fly into the Soviet Union and they would think that we were attacking. So as I understand it, we set up um, communications between the two countries so that they could warn each other, you know, that the UFOs were on the way and it wasn't a wasn't an attack by... Yeah, don't shoot back, it's not us. <laughs> Sounds funny, but in a sense, that created... Uh, <laughs> well, a kind kind of a forced detente. <laughs> yeah. For, that, that a, well, obviously, with nuclear weapons and everything, you don't want to start a war unless, <laughs> unless you have to. Unfortunately, fortunately, you know, one didn't occur between us. Oh, kind, no. kind, kind of like a real-life Dr. Strangelove scenario. Right. Well, planes had been lost on both sides, obviously, you know, getting too close to one another, et cetera. But, uh, so, so what do you tell someone like a Stephen Greer who says that uh, all these U, uh, UFOs and, and ETs are benevolent space brothers and that they're here to save us and they don't have any sort of hostile intent? What would you tell Stephen Greer uh, if he told that to you? Well, Stephen Greer has been in my house, <laughs> and we've discussed that. And I said that basically, uh, I was also an intelligence officer for 20 years, and I said I don't think we know enough. <laughs> I mean, we have, uh, based on what's happened so far, they probably do not have an evil attempt, but we don't know for certain. Okay, so do you think then that? The reason that maybe some craft were lost is because the pilots of the UFOs were engaged in defensive actions rather than offensive. They're being fired upon. They have to protect themselves. Basically, yes. That's the story that I've always heard. On the other hand, uh, you know, we get stories. I get calls from people claiming they're being abducted, you know, that kind of thing. So they're not always what I would consider friendly. They have their, what appears to be their reasons for doing things, and uh, I don't consider them always friendly. Well, that's an interesting question here. In terms of that, is it just a case where it's not being friendly or unfriendly, but they're just doing what they do because that's necessary for the preservation of their race or for the scientific research they're doing? That that appears to be the case, whatever their motivation is, and there's indications that I'm sure people have heard this, that they're abducting us in order to um, improve their species. Uh, I will say that most of the people who call me, uh, if I was an alien, uh, in other words, they're often attractive people or or people with, um, you know, strong muscular capabilities or some reason that the aliens would be interested in them. 
So it goes without saying that your perception here is this is E.T., can't be anything else. And before you answer that question, we're going to create what we call in the Paracast the eternal cliffhanger. And that means we're going to pause for a couple of minutes, and when we return, we'll talk further with George Filer, MUFON Eastern Director, longtime researcher. We're talking about some very unusual and very important UFO encounters. A reminder, here's how you can participate in the action. It's very simple. Join our forums at forum.paracast.com. That's forum.paracast.com. All you have to do is go to the forum, sign up, give yourself a unique username so we know who you are. You don't have to use your real name, by the way, but give yourself a fancy username, something like, you know, Flash Gordon or something. It might be taken by the time you hear this. Forum.paracast.com. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to Mr. UFO at webtv.net that's mr ufo at webtv.net find out what they don't want you to know all types of batteries for all types of gadgets we'll say it again all types of batteries for all types of gadgets electronics toys flashlights computers accessories and more are at batterystation.com whatever type battery you need alkaline lithium gel cell nicat metal hydride sealed lead acid and more are at batterystation.com our homepage gives you quick access to ham marine police fire and aviation batteries plus choose from our great selection of led flashlights with no bulb to ever burn out and much longer battery life find many top brands including streamlight Pelican, Surefire, Novatac, Gerber, and more at BatteryStation.com. You'll also find the most popular brands of ammunition and watertight cases for storing guns, food, electronics, survival gear, and more at BatteryStation.com. Call 417-257-7799. That's 417-257-7799. You will be surprised when you visit BatteryStation.com. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word of
word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Men, take control of your prostate health without the risk of nasty side effects with Prostate Secure. Early detection, regular prostate exams, and PSA tests are a must for men over 40. Listen, if you have symptoms of an enlarged prostate but don't want to take a drug with possible nasty side effects, or if you're over 40, then use Prostate Secure, a natural dietary supplement for men. Prostate Secure is a scientifically formulated blend of clinically significant amounts of natural ingredients. It brings together the most powerful plant sterols like beta-cytosterol and saw palmetto, along with antioxidants such as vitamin D3, resveratrol, and lycopene to support good prostate health, proper urinary flow, function, and more. Check out ProstateSecure.com. Order online and save 10% with promo code SAVE10 or call 1-800-239-9432. That's 800-239-9432. Or visit ProstateSecure.com. Take control of your prostate health naturally with Prostate Secure. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. This is the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We return. George Filer, MUFON Eastern Director, is our guest he has a publication called Filer's Files, and what I've done is I've put a link up at the PowerCast site. If you click on that link, you can check back issues, and you can also subscribe to his newsletter and get in on all the fun, the co-host Chris O'Brien. You're in the PowerCast. We're exploring cases that basically George was involved in and heard about involving UFO pilots who shot down our pilots defensively or whatever. Are these cases documented anywhere, or is it just that book shoot them down? Well, uh, we know that we've lost an awful lot of aircraft through the years, many more than people have any idea. Thousands. Thousands? Thousands. We've lost thousands of aircraft through the years. Now, it doesn't say, of course, that they were lost by, you know, the causes being UFOs, but uh, we've lost a lot of aircraft, and we know that a lot of our aircraft were launched chased to chase them. So you can put the two to two together and come up with some kind of an answer. Well, the case we most hear about is, of course, Captain Thomas Mantell. Right. In one of the early Kehoe books and mentioned elsewhere that he was going after UFO and for one or another reasons he didn't come back. Some suggest he wasn't shot down. He just flew too high and he did something, a maneuver that wasn't safe and so that was the consequence the unfortunate consequence of doing something that wasn't safe to do. What's your perception of that? As someone who's, you know, been up in the air what do you think about the Mantel incident? I will say you know that uh when you're flying aircraft, most of the crews are young and so on, and uh, you get excited in the chase, and uh, you can do things with the aircraft that you wouldn't normally do that uh, <laughs> cause the wings to come off or whatever. That, In other words, uh, it might be a self-imposed crash while chasing the uh, UFOs, but 
I have heard of in the cases that, you know, personally were, um, they actually fired on the UFOs and uh, did not come back. Now, I've never heard of a case where they um, actually, you know, in other words, UFOs took offensive action first. I've always found that the stories are of some kind of defensive action on part of the UFOs. Returning fire or stopping our aircraft from firing at them by knocking out our uh, weapon systems. Okay, I think the other question that comes back to that, where is this documented? I mean, people are going to want to Google all these cases. Well, most of the cases that I'm just talking to the individuals and some of it is reported in my uh, 14 years of filers files and you know if they want to know more about it I'm happy to send it to them just um, send me an email at majorstar at verizon.net I mean I've been through thousands of pages of uh, Air Force and other Army material, and I don't, at least of what they released, nothing will be in there. <laughs> Chris? Yeah, so this is all, it sounds like this is all classified uh, information still. But word, word is filtered out through the, word is filtered out through uh, Air Force personnel just uh, kind of telling, telling each other privately about these things. Well, what is your feeling about this, George? Do you feel that there's um, that this is still going on? Do you do you have a sense that uh, maybe uh, you know the powers in the world with uh, you know high tech air forces have learned their lesson and they <laughs> they're not going to be foolish enough to try to fire at these objects anymore? Have you heard of any recent cases uh, of this type? I I have heard of recent cases where they've chased them, particularly in South America. Some of that information is being released. But I haven't heard of them actually firing at the UFOs. I think we've learned that, generally speaking, it's not worth the effort. <laughs> right, exactly. Dangerous. Matter of fact, it's dangerous. Well, of course, we have the famous Brazil case, I think, in 86, where uh, huge objects were seen over uh, major cities in Brazil, I think Sao Paulo and, and, uh, and Rio, and some of the pilots that were scrambled on uh, for those events because of the release of information have come forward and talked to uh, A.J. Gavard. And um, I think Leslie Keene has some interesting um, anecdotal information in her book uh, from some of the principals in those cases. Uh, do you, Have you heard of anything uh, like that in the United States that, that, uh, that could have been possibly covered up because it wasn't over a large city? Uh, for instance, the Springerville, uh, Texas cases uh, some years back uh, around the uh, Crawford Ranch location uh, there where George W. Bush had his uh, summer house. Uh, have you heard anything about uh, the F-16s that were scrambled uh, to, you know, <laughs> in one sense of the word, uh, I think in one report they actually violated the 30-mile perimeter uh, restricted airspace around the Crawford Ranch and F-16s were scrambled. Do you, have you had any information uh, on that? Uh, pretty much only what's been in the magazines and so on. Um, and the fact that um, radar... They requested, you know, radar from that period of time, and on the radar that we 
information we received, it did show both F-16s and apparently UFOs, um, you know, in the vicinity. Then we tie that together with the people on the ground claiming that they had seen, you know, both the UFOs and the aircraft. In some cases, saw the UFOs at very close range, you know, with uh, binoculars and so on. So that we have multiple witnesses to indicate that, you know, something was going on. In other words, it's apparently true. Well, what do you think the agenda is? Uh, I mean, obviously you don't know, but what is what is your gut feeling as a, an ex-pilot, ex-intelligence officer, a longtime uh, Air Force member and officer? What what are your feelings? Uh, I mean, what what's the motivation for these craft to be entering airspace and, and teasing our... <laughs> our defensive structure. Uh, do you have any sense of why well, why they're doing this? Obviously, their technology is way ahead of ours. But right. I think of I think of uh, the Earth as kind of an oasis in space, and these crews are coming in from you know distant planets, and they're coming here and they're looking for food and uh, probably water. <laughs> to do their laundry, that kind of thing. <laughs> Probably empty the water their bilges. can even be used in, you know, propulsion systems and so on. In any case, if we were flying, you know, we'll say into Africa, we might stop someplace and look for food and water, that kind of thing. And then there's a certain group of uh, aliens who would look for comfort. You know, even the Bible tells us that uh, uh, so many words the aliens came from outer space and found that uh, the daughters of man were fair, were fair, (laughs) and mated with them. And uh, so maybe Paula Stonebrook did have an alien reptoid lover. Uh, What do you think of the abduction phenomenon? uh, Since you brought that up, Uh, I'm sure you, as you mentioned, you do do get calls related to uh, claims of abduction. Do you feel that this is a real phenomenon or some sort of shadow world sort of manifestation of individual consciousness or are these real nuts and bolts events what, what's your feeling on this you've talked to a number of abductees I, I personally feel that something real is going on and that it should be you know researched to a greater extent that um, I've had doctors in my home, abductees, and they've looked at the scars on the abductees. For example, one fellow had a scar from under his left arm to under his right arm, in other words, all the way across his chest. Well, the doctors looking at that say there's no medical reason to have a cut completely across the top of your body like that, that something, you know, must have happened to that person. That's... uh, you know, and he's saying, in effect, that he's been abducted and they were uh, searching for something in his chest and had cut cut him open. And and not only that, but they had healed him quite quickly after that, indicating some kind of a, advanced medical capability. We'll get into and more I, of the abduction scenario with George Filer, longtime UFO investigator. He was an Air Force pilot. And he has had his own UFO encounters, as we heard earlier. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We return with Chris O'Brien, hour two of the Paracast. Our special guest is George Filer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. And let's now continue to look at the abduction scenario. Now, These days, UFO abductions have become controversial because of, obviously, attacks against two of the well-known abduction investigators, Bud Hopkins and Dr. David Jacobs. Do you know them? Yes, I've been in their homes. Okay, so what do you think about their methodology and about the things they do and about the criticisms about their work? Well, I I think they're, you know, fine individuals. They they may have been you know, came up with their own concept of what was happening and, you know, talking together came up with a procedure and so on. But uh, I feel that what they came up with is fairly logical. And obviously they're not the only researchers in the field. There's many others, and they've come to similar conclusions, maybe not agree with, you know, everything. Uh, We're in a field that, frankly, uh, you know, very little money is put into, and yet it may be the most important scientific endeavor for our whole country, if not the world, and yet, uh, you know, very little is done in that way. Uh, Dr. John Mack, a psychiatrist from, what was it, Harvard, uh, thought it was all nonsense and started investigating on his own, and he came up with uh, similar, you know, decisions that there's something, in fact, some kind of abduction service was going on and that, uh, you know, whether it's aliens or uh, somebody else, we don't know for certain. But the whole field should be looked into with a great deal of care and, you know, money and so on put up. No one that I know of in the field other than writing a, a book once in a while, you know, receives any money for this research. And put it bluntly, uh, without uh, a lot of money being spent, we'll probably never know for sure what's going on. In other words, uh, well, we need doctors and, you know, psychiatrists. uh, I understand the point, but do you think when you have laymen who are doing the hypnotic sessions and doing the research, do you think that hurts the possibility of getting some really solid information as to what's going on? Well, What's not generally known is many abductees, uh, as a matter of fact, almost all the abductees uh, 
remembers some of the things that happened. And the you know, hypnosis is really just to get more information. I mean, it's not like you grab a person on the street, so to speak, and who has no, you know, interest in the field or doesn't feel that anything's going on. I've talked to quite a few people that, uh, you know, have detailed memories from the time they were, you know, five years old and so on, and being taken aboard craft and the like. And certainly something's going on. So it's not a question of someone hypnotizing them and saying, you were subject to some kind of sexual experimentation. They're going to make a hybrid version of you. This is not what's happening. These people have had the experiences, and they go then to and a researcher and try to get some answers. Usually, at least when they call me, they'll, they're pretty sure that they've been taken and so on, and they've had these experiences. And, uh, you know, remember seeing the UFO and all this kind of thing and seeing some strange uh, alien-looking people, although sometimes they look uh, pretty much like us. In other words, I think there's uh, enough information there that would indicate that uh, something is, in fact, going on. Well, the, 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 the theory is... Years, yeah, the... people, <laughs> I didn't believe either, but after a while, you talk to enough people, you say... Hey, something's happening. And a lot so of you, these people have scars and so on that would indicate that uh, something strange is going on in their lives. But you do feel that this is this is uh, pretty much, if not 100%, it's exclusively an ET scenario with the ETs being the perpetrators? Pretty much. I mean, there could be, um, you know, something we're not a, a, aware of, um, for the sake of argument, uh, you know, like like uh, demons and devils they talk about in the Bible, something like that. Or uh, well, how, how about how about our own government? Uh, of course, the MyLab uh, theory, military abductions. I, I'm I'm often reminded of the <laughs> the kind of humorous uh, episode on the X Files where these two military intelligence guys are, are conducting an, an abduction dressed as aliens, and then the real aliens come down and abduct them. Do you feel that our military is uh, possibly involved in some sort of clandestine project, uh, sort of creating uh, fake abduction scenarios? Well, I don't know. I doubt if the military would do it, but some some organization may be doing it, trying to find out what, in fact, is happening, you know, that uh, it would be foolish, at least in my opinion, if, if governments aren't you know, looking into this, that there's enough evidence, you know, that, uh, frankly, they're on radar, and uh, I probably get, uh, you know, a photo a day of a UFO, and uh, in other words, there's evidence coming in continuously, and, I, and I'm just one person doing this, and... Uh, yeah, every week you have more, more and more stuff. The government has a lot more resources than I do, you know. Now, the yeah, stuff a- that you actually publish in your newsletter, are you basically collecting information? Do you go out yourself at times to talk to witnesses, to go on the scene? Yes, I I do that sometimes. You know, if they're reasonably close to me, you know. <laughs> I don't... Well, just getting to meet somebody is 
often difficult. And we have, uh, I'm in New Jersey, and we have some 10 investigators in different parts of the state who go out to, you know, wherever there's an abduction or a sighting close by, and they'll go and talk to these people. And then if it's uh, what I consider a good case, I'll also try to call and talk to the people, in some cases go and meet them, you know. Now, when it comes to abductions, we want, you know, scientists, therapists, doctors, psychologists in there. Do you have people like that at your beck and call? So if you get that kind of case, you can call them up and say, you know, you got to look into this. Um, well, interestingly enough, most of the, our people are ex-military and ex um you know, detectives on police forces and so on that have come in contact with uh, various abductions and that you might call it their very, in their normal work. And then once they've retired, have, you know, continued researching in this field. We don't have, uh, at least right now, I don't. Well, I have one doctor that we can go to and we have several uh, people in the mental field that uh, work with us. But isn't that the most important aspect of doing this abduction research? You've got to sit there. You're dealing with people who have undergone psychological damage probably at some point in time, and you need to probe further. Isn't that something that the professionals really ought to do most of the research on? Well, they should be, but generally they're, they're frankly not interested in doing this or they won't work for free, you know. <laughs> That's that's part of the problem with the field that there's uh, you know very little money given to it. Obviously, the government doesn't give any money that we're aware of. Let's put it that way. And you know we'll go back to that again. You think many of these cases or any of these cases, and of course the prospect raised by Chris before that maybe the government is doing some kind of disinformation that they are creating the scenario of a UFO abduction for purposes. You know, just maybe to study the human mind, learn how we deal with certain kinds of crises. We'll ask more about that in a moment. We have George Filer. He has his publication, Filer's Files, and I have provided a link at theparacast.com. If you click on that link, you can check the archives of the newsletter and subscribe. And if you have a comment or question, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. This is Tamar from Namecheap. We're a domain name and web hosting company, and we really care about our customers. With domain name purchases, Namecheap offers free SSL and free WhoisGuard for a year to protect your identity from spammers. Most importantly, we care about you. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at radio.namecheap.com, radio.namecheap.com for web hosting and domain name specials. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Namecheap or become a fan of ours on Facebook at facebook.com slash Namecheap. See you online. Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate. 
awaits. I'm Roger Rao at Midas Resources. If you are going through a financial roller coaster because of your investment in stocks, bonds, and other paper assets, perhaps you're ready for a change. You have an opportunity to change your financial security. Get the stability and peace of mind you deserve by investing in precious metals. Gold and silver have been a form of wealth protection for over 5,000 years all over the world. If you have seen your hard-earned money lose value because of inflation, sliding dollar, etc., it's time you stop the bleeding. The answer to your problems is simple. Gold and silver will protect your assets and your purchasing power. Physical possession of precious metals, IRA rollover, etc. Call me, Roger Rao, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 178. Take action today when we are still accepting paper dollars for gold and silver. Ready for a change? Call Roger Rao at 1-800-686-2237, extension 178. Again, it's 1-800-686-2237, extension 178. If you own a septic system or if you're facing costly septic system replacement, this message is for you. When you want to stop paying for pump outs and avoid backups, when you've had enough of the foul odors and costly repairs, use BioSafe One Septic Solution. Now there's an easy-to-use, 100% guaranteed answer to all your septic system problems. BioSafe One Septic Solution. BioSafe One is patented and made specifically for all septic systems and made by the same team of scientists who help clean up the Exxon Valdez oil spill. BioSafe One decontaminates and removes sludge, stops costly pump outs and repairs and remove septic system stench all with a 100% success rate see what gives biosafe one septic solution the advantage over any other septic product at biosafe1.com that's b i o s a f e o n e.com biosafe1.com or call toll free 1-866-424-6663 that's 1-866-424-6663 biosafe one the guaranteed biofriendly money saving way to clean your septic system I'm concerned about food for my family in the event of an emergency, and I know you are too. Are you ready? Don't wait for an emergency to happen. Put a plan together now with quality dehydrated food from Ready Reserve Foods. For nearly 40 years, Ready Reserve Foods has been in continuous operation canning the finest in dehydrated foods. Other companies just broker canned foods. Ready Reserve is the manufacturer controlling quality from start to finish with double enameled cans and nitrogen packing for maximum shelf life. Ready Reserve offers a balanced selection of fruits, vegetables, dairy products, proteins, and grains. Choose from a variety of pre-selected units or order by individual can to customize your own plan. When you purchase from Ready Reserve Foods, you are buying factory direct at wholesale prices. Call today for a free catalog, 1-800-453-2202, or visit readyreservefoods.com. Call 1-800-453-2202. Ready Reserve Foods. Factory direct. Wholesale pricing. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out on iTunes. We return with George Filer. The publication he has is Filer's Files. He's an Eastern director for the Mutual UFO Network. And so let me just rephrase the question as we pick up this segment of the PowerCast, and that is, George, 
What about that? Do you think that the government has from time to time engaged in some kind of research project creating scenarios involving UFO abductions to see how we behave? Well, um, I've heard, uh, you know, those uh, stories, but I've, you know, personally have no knowledge of any programs that the government might have. In some ways, I hope that they do have some programs to investigate what's going on. Okay, now if all this is happening around us, abductions, do you think maybe that our government not only knows about it, but says to ET, all right, if you don't attack us, go ahead and do a little research on the side? And it's all speculation, but um, it would be important to do research in this, if, you know, assuming this is all really happening. But... Uh, but, you know, I run into FBI and CIA people, and they're always asking me questions. It's not the other way around. <laughs> that's, that's almost scary right there, because if they don't know, boy, it doesn't sound like they're, uh, you know, government, governments like to be in control, and it doesn't sound like they uh, are in control of the situation. I, it, the other, it, other thing is that we, we've gone to several presidents um, well, Carter and Ford, for example, on personal level. Uh, you mean you've you know, talked friend, to them personally? Friends of friends okay. type thing. Uh, but, you know, people in MUFON have gone to them as friends of friends and, as a matter of fact, even done f favors for them and that kind of thing. In other words, they most likely would get a reasonable answer and the, and the They've indicated that they've asked, you know, people in government as president. Uh, matter of fact, I've got a letter from uh, President Ford, and he said that, you know, as a congressman, as a head of the House of Representatives, as vice president, as president, he had asked about UFOs and never got any good information, frankly. <laughs> in other words, even at the highest levels of government, it doesn't seem like... Uh, at least they're not giving the presidents the right kind of answers. Well, we must assume that they, the, the government does have quite an extensive database, gun camera footage, um, all, all sorts of uh, data. If it's not being revealed to the highest levels of government, who, who do you think uh, is holding on to this information? Obviously, the intelligence agencies, but, but how do you think it's being compartmentalized? And, and do you think that there's really anybody that does know the full picture? Let's put it this way. If there is, I haven't been able to locate them. <laughs> I'd be happy to help <laughs> them find out <laughs> what's yeah, going on. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'll take notes for you, too. You can bring me along. I'll, I'll carry your suitcase and take notes. Yeah, they could promote me and put me on active duty. It'd be, uh, well, this is a question I do ask of people who have been in the military and talk, you know, in a very public way about UFO reality. Since you left the Air Force, has anyone from the government come to you and said, you know, George, you know, tone it down a little bit? No. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Gene. <laughs> no, the, 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 it's almost like they don't care, frankly. <laughs> or, or, or don't take it seriously, I would say, would be even closer to it. 
or don't want to put any undue attention uh, on it, uh, you know, just kind of leave it, leave it alone. Maybe like the cat when it covers its paws on its eyes uh, to hide from something that it's in, in fear of. <laughs> Maybe they're just in a place of fear and it's just out of sight, out of mind, you know. You know, a lot of our best information, frankly, comes from, uh, you know, China and South American countries. They seem to be more open about this. And, uh, you know, many millions of people in China believe in, uh, you know, UFOs and uh, the whole concept and in our studying. And I yeah, the, the largest group, the largest UFO group on the planet is, I think, almost a half a million or over a half a million members of a Chinese uh, UFO organization. And they're making tremendous strides in technology and a lot of other ways. Uh, I think we're... We're losing out, assuming that, you know, these craft are real and so on, and I've had them on radar and seen them, and I get pictures every day. So I would assume that there's, that they are real, that they have amazing technology. And we know that, um, like, McDonnell Douglas had a whole research and development program trying to find out uh, in the 60s, you know, what how these things operated and so on and uh, and many of the people that received my files are uh, I think I sent it to about a thousand Air Force people and all kinds of you know Boeing and uh, Lockheed and all these kind of people they're just by the people who take my files I get interest you know indication that they're very interested in what the UFOs are doing and I think we need to study it further now, maybe it's, you know, Stephen Greer thinks a lot of it is being studied by private organizations and not by the government. Never well, okay, is there any evidence of this? I mean, whatever Stephen Greer says, you know, a lot of us <laughs> tend to dispute what he says and tend to consider him very much an opportunist. You know, he's just basically in there for himself. He's making statements that there doesn't appear to be any evidence to support. So... Inasmuch as we consider what Stephen Greer might be doing, okay, all right, if the private investigation is going on, other than a place like a MUFON or a similar organization, where is it being done? Are big corporations engaged in this somewhere? Well, Stephen seems to think so, but not know what company is doing it. I don't know. We did find some... uh, indications of a document at McDonnell Douglas that would indicate that they were studying UFOs back in the 60s and that uh, and several other large companies were but you know they they have research and development teams and uh, they could spend spend some money on that and they, actually since you know project blue book and everything closed down uh, what was that the late 60s uh, you don't indicate that our government is studying the whole system much. And, and uh, well, I happened to go to school with one of the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff, and he indicated like he didn't know anything about it, and his wife didn't know, and I was telling them about it. And uh, 
quite a few general friends of mine don't seem to know anything about it. I'll tell you what, we'll get into more of that in a moment because that raises a lot of important questions. George Filer, Filer's Files, the name of the publication. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwoods. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I'm 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. Heart and Body Extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. If you're serious about playing college football, give yourself the competitive edge with the National Underclassmen Football Combine. The NUC is the longest-running underclassmen event and the most respected combine and football camp in the nation, specifically designed to give athletes early recruiting exposure. There's no better time than now to compete in the National Underclassmen Football Combine. Call 888-NUC-MVP1 or go to nationalunderclassmen.com to find out more. The food storage industry leader has done it again. Introducing FDG Clubs and Survival Bucks from the Freeze-Dry Guy. For over 39 years, the Freeze-Dry Guy has served various government agencies and the private sector with the finest in storable foods and emergency rations. If you've wanted to build emergency food supplies but couldn't afford it, now you can. 
Go to freezedryguy.com, click on products, and look for the Freeze Dry Guy clubs to pay as you go. Now you can build food storage without going into debt. Choose from a payment range of $95 to $450 per month. Our clubs work with everyone's budget. Plus, when you join Freeze Dry Guy clubs, you'll get additional rewards. For example, this month, get 10% back in survival bucks on all purchases in the Freeze Dry Guy product line, plus free shipping within the lower 48 states on any order amount. Hurry, go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. The Freeze Dry Guy, the best you can buy. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Clifford Cliff, the International Director for the Mutual UFO Network. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We return. Chris O'Brien, the co-host. The guest is George Filer. Filer's Files is the publication. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Paracast. So, okay, what I'm hearing from talking to you is that a lot of people in the government, despite everything that's gone on in the modern UFO era since World War II, they don't know a heck of a lot about it. My uh, local congressman, for example, uh, I'm also the president of the local Air Force Association chapter, and uh, we work closely with uh, several congressmen. Well, in any case, uh, in talking to the congressmen, you know, at dinners and things, uh, they indicate that they don't receive any or very small amount of information about uh, UFOs. That, uh, you know, you and I are interested in the subject and we hear about it a lot and so on, and we think it's very important, but. But those in the government and many other areas just don't know about it. They don't see the, the data that we get. As a matter of fact, I encourage all of those people listening, that if they have any uh, connections with any of their congressmen, to bring it up to them. But, right. Uh, get them working on something except uh, getting reelected. Uh, my congressman Saxon uh, said that uh, you know most politicians are afraid of it. Because if if an individual politician stood up and said we ought to study UFOs, everybody would say he was a crank and you know crazy and all of that. And he said that it would take at least three or four congressmen to you know want to look into it to um, do much. And he also thought the same thing with Obama that it would take um, Obama you know to stand up with the governments you know we'll say the head of China and uh, you know, the U.K. and so on, saying, well, there, we really are being investigated by UFOs and that uh, we should take it seriously. In other words, even a head of state, one person would have a problem standing up and, and explaining the whole situation. So so Obama uh, is not going to be doing a press conference with well, an alien <laughs> on either side as some... Um, Researchers have suggested that is eminent that we, we, Obama is getting ready. I think there's even a story last week in a Chinese newspaper, according to a, a rather dubious source uh, from the All News Web, 
that uh, the Chinese were making noises that they think that Obama is going to have some sort of disclosure event uh, very soon. Uh, what do you think about that? It doesn't sound like you think that's very possible. Well, I'm only going by what the congressman said, but I, I, our country, news media and so on, uh, doesn't accept UFOs very well. Although there's, it's kind of interesting that these programs like V come out on a regular basis, but kind of might, might say allowing the public to realize that maybe there, maybe some of this is real. And of course, V, by the way, is not doing all that well in the ratings. That's too bad. <laughs> but it's not, but it, but it's an interesting program, nevertheless, that uh, indicates that the you know aliens are here and they're apparently friendly and they're doing all these wonderful things for us. Yeah, but in V, the aliens are reptiles <laughs> who are here right. to assimilate us into their society. I gather engage in some kind of. Who knows? Hybridization. Right. But that's, they appear as nice guys, so to speak, but they're really not, is what the story is saying. And, and that may be the case that that's what they're trying to teach us. <laughs> but, well, you know, it's just traditional. You know, we've been talking about the aliens on the loose in science fiction movies and TV since, what, the 1950s? I mean, even if right. you go back to Flash Gordon, the movie serials... Well, the evil emperor from the planet Mongo comes to Earth because he wants to destroy us. Well, he doesn't come to Earth. He just sends his dastardly rays to destroy Earth's atmosphere. Ming the Merciless, ruler of the universe. (laughs) It's also possible that uh, we're being duped, you know, that uh, this is a civilization that lives under the sea and makes it look like they're coming in from space or whatever. You know, there's always possibilities. Okay, let's look at the other possibilities. Okay, we're assuming it's E.T. based on conventional wisdom. But all right, you raised it. There was a book out called The Crypto-Terrestrials by the late Mac Tonys, and that's not the first time people have suggested that we have advanced civilizations within the Earth that arrive in UFOs and maybe pretend if they get in touch with us that they are E.T. because they don't want us to know where they are really from. So you would take this seriously at all? No, it's certainly a possibility. Or even, you know, uh, Jacques Vallée feels that they're from a, you might say, a different dimension that we can't see. I don't know if I believe in different dimensions, but, you know, just outside of what we can see, animal, animals can see certain things that we can't. Uh, they hear certain things that we can't. So it just might be out of what, what we can perceive, you know, as humans and that they're really there all the time, so to speak, and uh, live amongst us. I mean, all these are possible. We have the the Bible discussing, you know, demons and all these kind of things that uh, there's a whole other world, you might say, that uh, I'm not sure we've really explained or even explored, but, uh, you know, religion, in a sense, is exploring them and the exorcism and all that kind of thing. Um, so long and short of it is you're not then a 100% nuts and bolts kind of guy. Now, I'm not a 100%, but I, on the other hand, what I saw, you know, the big craft that I saw and the lights in the sky and, you know, the radar returns and so on would indicate that that was something 
either a big display or was most likely something coming in from another planet. Okay, big display. Okay, that raises another question, too. Is it possible what we're seeing is like some kind of advanced holographic image? I mean, if you go to Star Trek and you look at the 23rd and 24th century, well, the holodeck, you can go in there and you can see, you can feel, you can touch, you can taste, but it's all a computerized recreation. So we think a civilization that's a thousand years ahead of us, a million years ahead of us, they could create images that are tracked on radar, but they aren't really there. It's possible. Yeah, but they don't bring down fighter planes. Well, they can do, you know, they, we don't know this for certain, but, you know, you, you can do various maneuvers in an aircraft where you essentially destroy yourself. <laughs> and that, in fact, may have happened, you know. So you think maybe some of these or all of these episodes where craft, aircraft, our own supposedly lost because of UFOs, they may have done things that just were screw-ups. They just screwed up. They made a mistake. They crashed, but not because E.T. or the crypto-terrestrials were out there. Well, particularly if they were being fooled. You know what I'm saying? By so they're chasing after a fantasy. They're chasing right. after a fantasy, right? Oh, these are possibilities. And, and uh, you know, MUFON's a couple thousand people, and uh, I don't know how many people in there. But I think there's one person paid, or maybe two, you know, in MUFON. And and the rest of all doing this is, you know, on the side. And, uh, in addition to other jobs and so on. In other words, we're not spending, you know, our full time and efforts in research. Actually, because I'm retired now, I am, but... Um, now, after you left the Air Force, what did you do? What was your line of work? Well, I had a master's degree in business, and I worked for various companies and taught school. I was vice president of MedCorps in Princeton, just outside of Princeton. I'll tell you what, we'll get into more of this in a moment. We have George Filer. The publication Filer is Files. I'm Gene Steinberg. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. You're in the Paracast. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $209, and the Berkey guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com but wait, there's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. Libertystickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. Extend your life with Are you or someone you know suffering from high blood pressure, cholesterol, or chest pains? Are you looking for a more natural way to overcome these health challenges? Extendivite is made from herbs known to help with these symptoms. Made from garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, and four other herbs, Extendivite goes to work detoxifying heavy metals and killing fungus and virus to enhance your overall health. For only $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid, you too can begin on your path to better health. For more information, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're in the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. Our guest is George Feiler, Buffon Eastern Director. He's also the publisher, editor of Filer's Files, an online publication that comes out every week or so with the latest UFO news and views. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Paracast. Now, I want to ask you about a story, George. came out a while ago involving the American representative for a certain one-armed UFO contactee in Europe. And I'll ask you the question then. What is your position about the Billy Meyer case? 
Well, what I've noticed is, uh, you know, I've had uh, my experience. In other words, I saw my UFO, so to speak, and I can sit down to write a book, and I've got, you know, four pages. Well, Billy Meyer, if he sat down to write a, write a book, had, you know, four or five pages of, uh, of sightings. In other words, I feel that he had some real sightings. He may even have had some real contacts, but I think he used a lot of filler <laughs> and maybe even did some of his own. Uh... In other words, many of his pictures look real to me, and I've had them analyzed and so on, and they probably were real, but a certain group... That goes, by the way, against everything we've heard. I mean, our former co-host, David Bietney, here duplicated very well one of the Billy Meyer photographs in a sense he exposed it for what it was we had another one of our former guests who created his own variation on the wedding cake photos you know what I'm well, getting the wedding at cake, I, frankly I think the wedding cake photos are not real that, okay, that's so, my personal favorite I, I, I just love that <laughs> I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying that I think that some of what he did and saw was real. But much of it was not. That's my assessment. Well, how did how did uh, this particular representative, Formeyer, uh, somehow lasso on to your name and say that you've signed off on it and you're now a supporter of... Well, he said he sent me some photographs. You might call... I don't know if you've ever seen the book, the books that were put out. Uh, oh yeah, Billy Myers by Lee and Britt Elders and Wendell Stevens. Right, and that uh, I knew Wendell pretty good, and it's, he he went to uh, Switzerland and went to the spots where the pictures were taken and so on, and felt that a one-armed man was unlikely to be able to take these pictures, and I basically believed. You know, what Wendell said as a lieutenant colonel, retired Air Force, and so on. And, uh, but I don't believe everything. And I, and sure, I, but you know, the thing about it is also, that's a specious argument. Well, a one-armed man couldn't take these pictures. So he has help. Big deal. <laughs> well, that's true. But I, I'm just saying that I don't think every. I think that he's, he saw some UFOs and took pictures of real UFOs. But I think he had limited amounts and decided to do more. That's that's my analysis of the situation. I'm not well, saying I'm correct. I'm just saying that's my analysis. What do you think of the cult that's kind of grown up around him over the years? The uh, the belief system that's uh, sprung up. Uh, a lot of uh, movie stars have gone there, and you know Shirley MacLaine and different ones. And uh, I think that they saw enough to make them believe that something he was doing was real. In other words, I don't think... He... <laughs> what I've seen on quite a few cases here when I've investigated, that the people will see something, you know, and and get some pictures and so on. But then they want to do more. And so then they start faking stuff and so on. And I, that's what I think what happened with him. That's my analysis. I could be wrong. I mean, it, it all might be fake, you know. But I think he, I think he did have some contacts and so on. No, I'd sure like him to 
introduced me to uh, Simyasi's daughter. Right. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter if the case is real or not. If she has a daughter, I and mean, of course we have an eligible young man in the person of Chris O'Brien, certainly he would like <laughs> to have somebody he would like to, you know, be friendly with. Yeah, so, maybe um, the aliens might come to Earth and find the men, to I'm be sorry, fair. I've, I've interviewed, uh, I don't know exactly, 80 people that uh, have, you know, have been in front of the aliens and talked to them and so on, and frequently they're... Uh, you know, basically Nordics. And uh, in other words, I think there's some truth to some of the stories. Um, You know, they all could be lying. I don't know. uh, That's a larger question. I sometimes wonder, some of these early UFO contactees, and we go back to the early years of Georgia Damsky and these people, that maybe at one time they had an experience we don't know what kind, unusual experience. And, you know, they thought it was compelling. The experience was never repeated. And because it was never repeated, well, they had people who gave them a lot of attention. They got their 15 minutes of fame. They wanted to get 30 minutes. So they embellished the cases, embellished the encounters, and then had to create new encounters to keep the audience. Is that what basically you're saying about Billy Meyer? Something real happened once, but now it's all play acting? Yeah, it, may, it may have been two or three times, but I'm just saying that uh, uh, I've run into that pattern quite a few times that people have had a, encounters and they you know, felt they were real and it all happened and so on, and then they just want to continue the, the notoriety, et cetera. And uh, it's it's a way to make money, you know. Not not a lot. I don't think anyone in the UFO field has ever been become rich at handling UFOs. I mean, there's a lot of other things um, I could do. I'm sure they're going to make a lot more money than than this. Yeah, Willie Strieber hasn't done too bad. Richard Hoagland. <laughs> Whitley Strieber hasn't done too bad. Richard Hoagland. Uh, uh, there's there's a few Strieber out there wrote, that Strieber wrote a lot of other books too. You know. True. He found an he found a niche there. But, uh, well, okay. What about Strieber? Do you think Strieber had this abduction experience and then he found the gold mine and said, "Okay, I'm going to take this milk it for all it's worth." We had, of course, that movie, which I don't think it did all that well, but you know, maybe he made a lot of money from that. Do you think he turned it into a commercial enterprise beyond that and beyond the reality of the original experience? Well, I don't know Strieber that well, but I think I think just based on his story and so, so on, that something initially happened to him and that uh, he being a writer and so on has continued. I personally try to write everything that I find is true, but everything, you don't know that every story is true. But, uh, you know, you, you, you hope, hope that it is. <laughs> okay, now let's look at Filer's Files for a moment. You have a lot of information here. How do you vet the stories, or are you mostly just collecting interesting tales of UFOs and related information um, and putting them together? Um, mostly, you know, from week to week, people are reporting their sightings or their, uh, you know, group of people have sightings together. I, I tend to try to use sightings where, you know, 
more than one person is involved, and if possible, you know, very close, you know, and other cars stopping and so on. And let's put it this way, uh, a lot of times when you visit the individuals that are reporting the information within the first two minutes, when you talk to them, you feel that they're either telling the truth or they're not, you know. And uh, we also check, you know, their background and are they educated and, you know, what their belief systems are and that kind of thing. Uh, some people stand out, frankly, as being very honest and some stand out as being a little uh, off-center or... Suspect. Or whatever. <laughs> Suspect. So basically, basically, George, you're relying on your gut to some degree. You're saying, you know what, right. this story doesn't feel right to me. Something is off about this. Let's An experience, sure. you know, that I've heard so many people, and uh, you mentioned Dr. Jacobs, but I've attended Dr. Jacobs' meetings for several years and met, uh, I don't know, probably 100 abductees, and I've pro on my own, I've met, you know, people have come to my own home, probably another uh, 50 or so. In other words, you get a feeling for what the stories are and what's happening, and some fit and some don't. I'm going to ask you about that, how you know the story doesn't cut it. We're talking to George Filer, the publication Filer's Files. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We join the final hour of the Paracast. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. Our guest this week, George Filer. The publication is Filer's Files. So, okay, so if you're talking to a potential abductee, what do you look for? What says to you, this is nonsense? <laughs> well, well, one case we investigated, uh, this fellow felt that, uh, you know, he had some uh, ability with the aliens and so on. And in any case, it turned out that uh, his alien was really a, a goose. 
that he was feeding all the time. In other words, some people are really far off. The okay, family. whoa, whoa. <laughs> Stop a second here. Okay, he's got a goose. <laughs> he takes a gander at the goose and says, that goose is E.T. Basically, you know, that that is tied in with aliens and so on. And uh, he he's feeding it, et cetera. In other words, he's he's... he's Basically, what I would call mentally ill. You know, sometimes you run into that. But most most of the people are just average people. You know, that uh, work for America's country uh, companies. You know, that uh, sometimes they're in the military. Sometimes they're uh, you know bakers and candlestick bakers. That not, in other words, just the average person. One interesting thing is we run into a lot of nurses that claim to be abducted. I'm not sure wow. why that is. I, I've never heard that before. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? Well, just that I've run into a whole series of nurses through the years. Uh, and often, uh, interestingly, the, the mother will be a nurse and the daughter will be a nurse. And even the grandmother had, you know, similar type uh, background in any case they all claim to have been abducted through the years and um, in other words I find that that seems to be a line that seems to work that often nurses are in the medical field that uh, are abductees another thing is that uh, I always ask people uh, you know who's famous in your background and I often find that um, they're related to uh, someone of, of interest in their background you know in what sense president. politically a famous politician show business personality yeah um, often leaders of some kind you know uh, my great great grandfather was a head of the tribe a lot of a lot of Indian backgrounds for some reason or uh, important and well, Joan of Arc is one I can think of that the family was related to Joan of Arc or the kings of England or some so kind ET of So E.T. is picking and choosing here is what you're saying or suggesting. Right. And uh, one of the things I almost ask people is uh, they come to me and say, well, you know, I think I've been abducted or strange things have happened to me and there's a lot of uh, activity in my background and I... This sounds funny, but... Uh, Whenever I get near a TV set, or what, it goes out, or um, the lights go out, or whatever. In other words, a lot, a lot of electrical things often happen in people's background, where they're hurting electrical objects of some kind. In other words, like people who can't wear watches because the watches won't run. Yeah, yeah strange things like that. That. You know, you don't know, don't normally think about, but uh, does does seem to happen. And then they're often claimed to be uh, related to someone famous, or else fellow that was here um, a couple of weeks ago happened to um, be a contractor and work, you know, and well, making things, you know, like bathrooms and so on, and fix, fixing up homes. And I said, well, why would an alien be interested in you? Unless they need was, to fix the plumbing on the spaceship. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he said that uh, he was a uh, a wonderful athlete that 
all through high school and everything, you know, he could run faster than everyone else and he could uh, throw the shot put further. And in other words, he, muscular capabilities was much greater than the average person. And now I have, we've run into a few doctors, but uh, but they don't, the aliens don't seem to be after so much uh, intelligence, like their their intelligence is greater than ours. So they're not worried too much about intelligence, but they're looking for, you know, let's say, muscular capabilities or medical capabilities. Or um, Sure, but why would E.T. want to look at one of our doctors? They supposedly are more advanced than we are. Yeah. Another fact, <laughs> I, I don't know, they seem to be... Uh, well, one of the things that they're telling the, the nurses, particularly, that they'll be useful in a future time with some kind of a war. That they, one of the themes that we often get is that uh, when they're aboard this craft, they're shown some kind of a like a huge TV screen, and the and the uh, screen shows some kind of a war going on. And interestingly, that there's. UFOs on both sides fighting alongside uh, militaries of different countries. It's like one group of military is aligned with one group of aliens, and the aliens on another side are aligned with another group. It sounds like good good material for a screenplay. <laughs> right. I mean, that's I've good heard stuff. This many times from the nurses, you know, and I'm. And, and most of this, I don't particularly like hypnosis. And I try to get it out um, through another way. And that is essentially that they, well, they're not really hypnotizing themselves. But when when you wake up in the middle of the night or just in the first part of the morning, you're kind of in this dream state. You know, you're not really awake, but you're not really asleep either. You can see what time it is or whatever. But at that time... If you start remembering when you're abducted or when you feel that you're abducted, sometimes you can go back and see it yourself. In other words, it's kind of like a self-hypnosis. And I encourage people to do that. And they come up with a lot of data that way. So that now they may be reading or something, but uh, basically this is information coming from them, and I'm not giving them any... Uh, information ahead of time, that kind of thing. In other words, I'm trying not to f- destroy the information that we're getting. Or lead the witness. By not leading the witness and so on. Well, I, I, I just I need to throw in this little reminiscence. Uh, I had a, a pretty, um, I think, legitimate witness. Uh, he didn't seem to have any um, undue, you know, he just was a normal guy. Right. And he called, he called me up and he said that a pair of morning doves would sit on the telephone wire outside his back door every day, day after day after day, and coo at him. And he was convinced that they were robotic, that he was being watched. And uh, it just, <laughs> that, that case uh, I was reminded of when you <laughs> talked about your guy with the feeding the goose. I, uh, that's a classic. Oh. I got to remember that one. Some but, people are uh, kind of strange. You know? <laughs> well, this guy, he, I had no reason to doubt his uh, sincerity. He was he, uh, a normal guy. Uh, he didn't have any um, 
any overt signs of being uh, unbalanced. And he just needed to report this to me because he felt it was so strange. I had another guy that had what he thought was the same uh, pinon jay that would tap on his windows in a clockwise motion around his house and would sit there at the window flapping and tapping on his window. And this happened several days in a row. And he felt that it was strange enough to call me. We we just never know, uh, you know, what to make of some of these, uh, you know, reports. But it's good that people at least think enough of them to call someone like yourself or me or other investigators to at least report this unusual animal behavior. We we have some questions on our uh, the Paracast forum. I'll tell that, you what, um, let's I, do that, Chris, in our next segment, okay? Okay. All right. George Filer is the guest. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. This is Tamar from Namecheap. We're a domain name and web hosting company, and we really care about our customers. With domain name purchases, Namecheap offers free SSL and free WhoisGuard for a year to protect your identity from spammers. Most importantly, we care about you. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at radio.namecheap.com, radio.namecheap.com for web hosting and domain name specials. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Namecheap or become a fan of ours on Facebook at facebook.com slash Namecheap. See you online. For 58 years, fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary Fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete 
with two black Berkey elements for only $209, and the Berkey guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. I'm concerned about food for my family in the event of an emergency, and I know you are too. Are you ready? Don't wait for an emergency to happen. Put a plan together now with quality dehydrated food from Ready Reserve Foods. For nearly 40 years, Ready Reserve Foods has been in continuous operation canning the finest in dehydrated foods. Other companies just broker canned foods. Ready Reserve is the manufacturer controlling quality from start to finish with double enameled cans and nitrogen packing for maximum shelf life. Ready Reserve offers a balanced selection of fruits, vegetables, dairy products, proteins, and grains. Choose from a variety of pre-selected units or order by individual can to customize your own plan. When you purchase from Ready Reserve Foods, you are buying factory direct at wholesale prices. Call today for a free catalog, 1-800-453-2202 or visit readyreservefoods.com. Call 1-800-453-2202. Ready Reserve Foods, factory direct, wholesale pricing. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com. Our guest this week on the Paracast is George Filer, the publication Filer's Files, and we have a link on thepowercast.com. If you click the link, you go right to the site where you can check the archives of the newsletter and sign up for your own free subscription. Do you take donations too, George? How does it work? How do you finance yourself? Well, I, uh, you know, ask people if they <laughs> if they feel that what they're getting is worthwhile to send donations. Once in a while, we get something. So like Jim Mosley describes it, it's a non-subscription. Right. <laughs> Okay. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien, and Chris has collected a few questions from our audience from the PowerCast forums. That's forum.thepowercast.com. If you want to sign up, Chris, what do you have for us? Well, we have uh, uh, several questions. Uh, You've answered, actually, a couple of them. They were very interested in hearing more about your particular personal uh, experience in England back in 62, and we've covered that ground. but. I have a, another question here that's uh, pretty interesting, and I'll just read it verbatim. Did you ever encounter any official documents on so-called, quote, space brothers, unquote, interactions and diagrams of so-called, quote, space brother, unquote, craft at nuclear fallout shelters on, these, on those bases? Uh, I'm not sure what basis he's referring to. I, I assume the nuclear fallout shelters uh, are the basis he's talking about. But does that term space brother, does that uh, jump out at you? Well, I know what they're talking about. Uh, he has it in quotes. I have, so he's, I have never seen a government document that talks about that. Uh, okay. And if you had, I would have been a little bit frightened. But uh, 
that's 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 good to know. Uh, another and, question that I have, and uh, I've been to Wright Patterson on several occasions and talked to people there, and uh, several of them claim that there was, you know, UFOs under the ground there. No, I didn't see any, but uh, at least there was rumors on base to that effect. And uh, and uh, if you go down to Homestead, there was rumors to that uh, with Jackie Gleason. You right, know. the famous Gleason story, sure. Well, you brought up Wright yeah. Patterson. That's uh, interesting. That kind of dovetails into another question, which is um, I've heard mention of your very interesting uh, event that occurred at Fort Dix, I believe, in New Jersey. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Where the I think it was the alien was seen at the end of the runway by the perimeter fence. Right. Do you want to talk about well, that a little I bit? I was an intelligence officer, major in the Air Force, and briefing at the uh, 21st Air Force. And in any case, I went into the command post at about 5 o'clock in the morning, and they told me that uh, an alien had been shot at Fort Dix and had escaped from Fort Dix and run to... Uh, the Air Force Base and was found on the end of the runway and that they wanted me to brief General Sadler, you know, at the 8 o'clock briefing about that. And I said something in effect that General Sadler doesn't have a good, uh, he doesn't take things, you know, funny, so to speak, that uh, I just like uh, Obama, I'd need the alien to stand next to me. <laughs> but in any case, uh, I did call around the base to um, 438th Command Post, and they said it was true, and I called the um, security police, and they said yes, that they had found an alien at the end of the runway, and that a C-141 was coming in from White patterson to pick it up. And uh, What did they describe there? In they... any case, everyone said that uh, it was a true story, and it was about four feet high or so. Didn't really describe them in any detail, but at least on the base, people, everyone that I talked to, felt that it, the story was true. And what year was and this? This was 1978, January 18th, 1978. And so and they they came and retrieved the body. I think this, as uh, as I yeah, recall, and I was told C-141 had landed and was picking up the alien and taking it back to. Wright Patterson. That apparently Wright Patterson is where most of that kind of stuff goes. <laughs> but so you feel that there, there's a storehouse there, there's a warehouse that's uh, got uh, crash saucers, alien bodies, that sort of thing. What um, What do you I'm think about like, that? <laughs> well, you think? it happens that uh, a three-star general that was a second in command of the base there and the um, command there. That that's all nonsense, <laughs> and I knew him pretty well. So I don't, in other words, you can hear stories from both sides. One side will say yes, it happened, and all, and go on. And other people at the other end will say no, it doesn't happen. So you think that there was something to the to the event then, because it sounds well, like I think there was something to the event that at least everybody I talked to took it very seriously. So it wasn't an illegal, like, uh, uh, Mexican-American uh, alien with a shaved head that uh, maybe was a dwarf that people misidentified as something, uh, as an E.T.? or. Well, it's always possible that something like that happened, you know. The term alien maybe got misconstrued in the wrong way or something, or? 
it's it's possible. I mean, I personally didn't see the the alleged alien, and but I've other people who were out on the end of the runway I've talked to, you know, they claimed that there was in fact an alien, and that the uh, what convinced them is they're out there guarding this body in the middle of the night, and and shortly, well, within an hour or so from the time that they had found it and called it in. Like uh, some 15 men arrived with black uniforms and and essentially told them to, you know, take off Sonny, that kind of thing that kind of hurt their feelings. And then they personally claimed they were flown to Wright-Patterson and told not to say anything. But nobody ever told me not to say anything personally. So unfortunately, there's, and I've followed this up you know, as much as I can and talk to a lot of the people that were there that I knew at the time and most of them have heard pretty much what I just told you, that that something did happen, but uh, there's only probably, you know, 10 or 15 people and these are a special group that saw anything. In other words, it's kept very closely. So some people the in the government do know what's going on. Apparently. All right, because this is going to be a larger question. And, um, yeah. and probably, you know, there's probably like 50 people in the whole country that know anything. <laughs> is and this a worldwide knowledge or is it strictly a UFO knowledge in the U.S.? Because obviously cases happen all over the world. Do oh, we think, basically collude with other countries? Yeah, I think other countries are starting to, to bring out more data. As a matter of fact, they're leading it, you know, like Brazil and... Chile and France and different countries are bringing it out a lot more than the United States is. And it, it even seems to have been kept from many of the presidents and certainly Congress and so on. Very few people know anything about this unless they happen to, you know, see it themselves. I'll I mean, tell you what, we'll get into more of that in a moment. George Filer is our guest. The publication Filer's Files. I'm Gene Steinberg. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. You're in. The Paracast. a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know.
Attention, an important product from HempUSA.org, Microplant Powder, will change your life by removing all types of positive toxins, such as heavy metals, parasites, bacteria, viruses, and fungus from the digestive tract and stomach wall so you can absorb nutrients. Microplant Powder is 89% silica and packed with a negative charge that attracts positive toxins from the blood, organs, spine, and brain. This product has the ability to rebuild cartilage and bone, which allows synovial fluid to return to the joints. Silica is a precursor to calcium, meaning the body turns silica into calcium and is great for the heart. There is no better time than now to have microplant powder on your shelf or in your storage shelter. And with an unlimited shelf life, you can store it anywhere. Call 908-691-2608 or visit hempusa.org. It's a great way to change your life. So call 908-691-2608 or visit us at hempusa.org today. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com But wait, there's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. Libertystickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. Hello, at ofthefield.com, we strive to empower you with wild food preparedness. We get lots of amazing positive feedback, most of which we feature on ofthefield.com. Here's a small sample of all that people like you have to say about the wild food experience. It's inspiring for many who are affected by the recent downturn of the economy. I already knew a bit about foraging and edibles, but you take it to a whole new level. A thousand thanks to you for all that great knowledge. It was empowering. When I was in the Navy, I went through a couple of quick land survival classes. Thank you for being an inspiration and for all the work that you do. I really appreciate the depth and detail of the information. Thank you so much. Much love and respect to you from all of us here in the boonies. Thanks again. Knowledge is power, and that power brings peace. Folks, thanks for letting us help you get back to basics. Read all of the testimonials at ofthefield.com. You can order online for you and your loved ones or call 1-888-51-EAT-FREE to share in the secret. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. George Filer returns. Two more segments of the show. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Chris, any questions left in the popper? Well, I've got one. I'd, I'd like to hear uh, uh, Major Filer's views on the whole exopolitics uh, scenario and the possibility of a United States uh, version of disclosure. Since we're talking about countries releasing UFO data, George, do you think that there's any possibility that we will ever have a government or private industry, for that matter, uh, come clean about what... uh There's two possibilities of disclosure. For one thing, uh, 
you know, we we get these reports of these huge uh, UFOs almost every night uh, flying over various places in the country. And by mistake or whatever, they allow to show up at the Super Bowl or some, you know, <laughs> some place where there's all these cameras there and thousands of people and being seen all over the world. Fairly easily, they could uh, convince the world that they're here, you know. <laughs> and and there would be no way for the any of the governments to stop it if they just show up at a you know, a big ball game like that, so to speak. So E.T. is going to force disclosure uh, if that scenario ever if happens. They, and if they choose to, yes. I, I think the problem is that unless they do something like that, it's going to be difficult for, you know, any politician to stand up and do it. So then who else might do it? I don't know. Maybe the news media. Or a whistleblower. Maybe we should have uh, wiki UFO leaks and have our own WikiLeaks program for UFO whistleblowers to come forward and, you know, maybe uh, provide some sort of documentation that can be somehow verified uh, that shows the reality of the government's knowledge of this subject. I think anything short of that. Allegedly, there is some indication that there is UFO data in there, but... um, I haven't seen anything all inspiring or anything. Allegedly, uh, a Russian claim that um, they don't have the money anymore to examine this like they did under the Soviet Union. But, so, do you think these countries that are that are releasing uh, documents, such as Belgium and France and and Brazil, do you think they're releasing everything, or do you think they're just uh, no. picking and choosing and releasing just enough to keep people people you know their curiosity satiated? Uh, do you feel that they're coming clean with everything they know? No, they're not. They're 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 releasing pretty much the kind of information that I have that that we get nightly that. Uh, no, UFOs are being seen by many people, and uh, they're flying low, and sometimes they, you know, would chase them with an aircraft, that kind of thing. That's the kind of data they're releasing. Do you think the U.S. Uh, might be somehow involved in these releases of information, possibly to keep the heat off the United States uh, and, and some sort of disclosure of United States knowledge? Do you think there's any sort of collusion going on between the U.S. and other governments in this regard? If there's any collusion, I think it's trying to keep it quiet. <laughs> well, you know, possibly to keep the heat off the U.S. or convincing other uh-huh. governments to release information to keep the heat off the U.S. That's that's my uh, gut feeling. I was just wondering if you shared that. Well, you know, anything's possible. But I would love to see some, you know, what what's being said in the cable traffic. Um uh, I'd love to see what uh, Mrs. Clinton is writing. She has, she, our knowledge is that she personally had interest in this. And that, well, we know she uh, was uh, spent uh, uh, an interesting weekend with Lawrence Rockefeller back in, uh, I, I believe it was 95 or 96, and uh, allegedly the subject of UFOs was uh, broached uh, to the First Lady uh, at the time. And... Uh, I personally uh, heard this from Lawrence, actually, uh, Rockefeller, that, that uh, the subject was discussed. But uh, 
of course, like <laughs> is probably the uh, the norm, nothing really came of it. Uh, even John Podesta, who was high in the Clinton uh, administration and was, uh, I think, the head of the transition team for Barack Obama, uh, who wrote the uh, who's written a forward to UFO book and, and has publicly stated an interest. Uh, he, he hasn't managed to. Uh, to shoehorn any more information or even acknowledgement that there is information out of our government. So short of, of something arriving at the Super Bowl in two weeks or uh, maybe a childhood's end, sort of the Arthur C. Clarke scenario where they park these huge ships over the major cities of the, of the world, uh, what do you think uh, – what kind of whistleblower needs to come forward? Uh, what sort of – other kind of event needs to occur for the government to finally be forced to, to disclose uh, at least something? Well, it's hard to say. Uh, one thing is I've noticed is that, for example, China will launch a uh, you know, missile or something and there'll be a UFO in the picture. The China's and this has happened when? You mentioned this. What specifically can you cite where this has happened? That, that well, Whenever China launches a, a missile or something, they have, uh, you know, video of it and so on. And uh, fairly often there will be a UFO off in the distance now. Whether it's a re- really a UFO, I'm not, you know, certain. But, it, I mean, it could be a huge bird or something, but it certainly looks like a UFO. In other words, they're more likely, I think, to bring it out than, than any, many of the other countries. That they, have, in other words, their background and so on is is that's more acceptable. Where our country seems to be less willing to talk about things like that. I guess it has something to do with the Western concept that we're alone in the universe or whatever. But with the fact that uh, you know, one we're up to like 300 different planets being found outside of our solar system. That's being more and more accepted, and uh, well, it, it seems like the, there's there's two groups, from what I understand, in the government. One group wants to bring it out, and another doesn't. Okay, as you understand it, how do you understand it? Well, <laughs> as a former intelligence officer, I have a lot of contacts with various former con, uh, you know, intelligence officers and. And we talk among ourselves, and that's, that's that's what I've been told by these other intelligence officers. That there's a group that wants it out, there's a group that doesn't. That's kind of what Major Kehoe said all those years ago. He said, you know what, there's a silence group, and they want to keep the information about UFO reality a secret. And then there's this other group that wants to make it public, but so far the silence group basically gets the upper hand. That uh, well, there's there's a tendency to have, you know, classify everything <laughs> in the government. Much of which, uh, if you read the the WikiLeaks and so on, much of it is you kind of even question why is it classified. There's nothing really exciting here other than somebody's uh, feelings may be hurt or whatever. <laughs> 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 you know that uh, it turns out that. Uh, you know, Saudi Arabia and the Arab countries would like to see uh, Israel or us uh, bomb Iran, but they don't want 
you know, it's plausible deniability. Obviously, they don't want to admit in public, <laughs> but privately, you know what? Let's get rid of that dude. Get rid of him. Right, and that a lot of that's what you know is classified, highly classified. I question whether it should be. You know. Okay, so that's going to bring up again the topic of disclosure. Is it going to happen in our lifetime? And you know, obviously. I'm talking to a lot of guests in the last few weeks, Chris and I, where, you know, there aren't a lot of years left, and we want to know before we leave this earthly realm if it's going to happen. If you have a comment about the show you've just heard or you have a guest to suggest, write us, news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. George Filer is our guest this week. I'm Gene Steinberg. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. You're in the Paracast. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. This special announcement is brought to you by Renaissance Charge. Have you ever wondered if you could make your car run on 100% electric power for free? It is now possible. How about a simple device that is both a super efficient motor and a free energy generator at the same time? What if this could also be used to restore useless batteries and save you lots of money? Because our customers asked for it, we have organized a Renaissance Charge Conference Workshop on July 29th to July 31st at the beautiful Coeur d'Alene Resort in Idaho. Not only will you see these fascinating energizers, but you will be able to build some alongside genius inventor John Bedini. Participate in this truly historic event featuring our cutting-edge alternative energy, Tesla technology. Register early for the best seats and advanced workshop by visiting rcharge.com. That's r-charge.com for details. Or call 208-772-4514. That's 208-772-4514. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. 
If you're serious about playing college football, give yourself the competitive edge with the National Underclassmen Football Combine. The NUC is the longest-running underclassmen event and the most respected combine and football camp in the nation, specifically designed to give athletes early recruiting exposure. There's no better time than now to compete in the National Underclassmen Football Combine. Call 888-NUC-NVP1 or go to nationalunderclassmen.com to find out more. Did you know that you can be tracked and traced when you're online? With identity theft and cybercrimes on the rise, your passwords, your identity, and even your physical location can be revealed to complete strangers. Would you like to surf the Internet anonymously and not have to worry about these threats? Well, now you can by visiting PatriotInternet.com. For about $2 per month, PatriotInternet.com will conceal your IP address and your physical location, allowing you to browse the web, send emails, and instant message anonymously. PatriotInternet.com will bypass filters, blocked sites, and keyword blocking. You can also bypass logging by your router and your ISP. With PatriotInternet.com, there is no software to install and uses 128-bit encryption for your protection. When using wireless hotspots, PatriotInternet.com shields your information from identity thieves and is compatible with Windows, Mac, and Linux. Protect your identity and your freedom with anonymous Internet access from PatriotInternet.com. Visit PatriotInternet.com today. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You've entered another dimension. You've entered the Paracast. It's come down to this, our last segment with George Filer, the publication Filer's Files. I'm Gene Steinberg. My co-host is Chris O'Brien. Chris is now the permanent co-host of the Paracast, <laughs> meaning for the rest of his natural life and unnatural <laughs> well, no. life, he's got to work with us. I guess I passed the audition. It sounds like an old Beatles record. Yeah, exactly. Right. Thank you on behalf of the group. I hope we pass the audition. I remember right. that well from the it's album. It's the last, last statement ever made in a live Beatles uh, performance. That's right, it was. Okay, George, disclosure. Okay, so the argument here, obviously, from all these people saying disclosure is going to happen, and we've been talking about now for how many years now have we talked about disclosure? Well, Major Donald Kehoe tried for disclosure in the 1950s. The Condon Report came out in response to a request for disclosure. So now we're in 2011, George Filer. Is it ever going to happen? I think it will eventually. I don't see it anytime soon. But uh, I think the Internet is certainly uh, helping making it more likely that we're reaching a lot of people, you know, data. And, and, and even the news media in the last year or two, I think, is uh, at least treating it with more is a more serious subject than they have in the past, similar to what they did in the 50s or so on. And uh, the news media is liable to get on it one of these days and, re- you know, really push and then and answers to questions and so on is li- likely when it might come out. I don't think uh, any 
politician, at least uh, when they're worrying about being reelected, will uh, come out and say it. Well, you had quite a quite a politician uh, fiasco there with uh, <laughs> your former witch. I think was <laughs> outed by her opponent during the last election, and she had to do some mea culpas and uh, let's move on. That's Delaware, uh, for- my friend. Yeah, well, she, you know, I felt kind of sorry for her. She's like uh, investigated witches when she's in high school, and they make a big deal about it. That uh, I think. Everyone had, at one time in their life has at least looked into the subject, you know. And it's kind of like, uh, unfortunately, if you were, like if I was running for office, they would pick on me believing in UFOs, and then you'd spend the rest of your life try, <laughs> trying to convince people that they're real, et cetera. And I've come to the clue, you know, after a while. Yeah, but there's a difference here. She matter. was in her 20s and 30s and still talking about it on TV shows well before she ran for political office, okay? Well, she made some mistakes in her background, obviously. (laughs) So we don't vote for witches. You know, if you're a witch, you can't be a U.S. senator. But okay, so we go back to this endless quest for disclosure. So how do you keep a secret for 60 or 70 years? How do we do that? Well, they they keep a lot of secrets, you know. They, They certainly kept, like, the various aircraft secret for many years. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we haven't had our own UFOs, or at least, you know, unidentified flying objects that no one has uh, ever revealed the fact that we we have them. You mean like from Area 51, for example? Sure. That's kind of, you know... What about those legends, you know, that we have E.T. somewhere on ice, Roswell. I have to raise the Roswell specter. You've been following this for so many years. Do you believe that we captured a crash UFO and we've been using it to maybe mine for advanced technology? Do I? Yes. To answer your question, I believe that that story is essentially true. You know, all the details may not be true, but uh, I've probably run into uh, 20 people through the years that uh, claim they were there and so on. (laughs) And seeing them, et cetera. Now, whether they're lying or, you know, trying to become important, I don't know. But uh, Well, it's like all the people that say they were at Woodstock. If all the people that said that they were there were there, it would have been about 10 million people instead of a half a million. <laughs> I'll tell you my Woodstock story in 30 seconds or less. I had tickets for Woodstock. I was working at a small radio station in Vermont. My program director said, you know what, you've got to work. I'm going to take those tickets. I said, <laughs> All right, here's the tickets, but you know what? He got stuck on the New York Thruway. He never got to Woodstock. Serves him right. Right. <laughs> well, I have I have a question for you, George. James Carrion, the ex-head uh, uh, of MUFON, after he, uh, right around the time he was stepping down and, and shortly thereafter, uh, was raising some eyebrows in the UFO community by suggesting that uh, quite a sizable percentage of UFO sightings are actually secret military uh, craft. We had just broached that subject uh, prior. So do you think that uh, how, how many – could you put a percentage, uh, approximate uh, guess or percentage on on the number of sightings uh, that appear to be UFOs or actually some sort of uh, exotic uh, conventional technology or, or unconventional technology that we, uh, that we have? Uh, do you have a sense of that? Well, they used to tell us 
the Air Force that a third of the sightings that at least the air crews had were UFOs, in other words, alien, not not our own. <laughs> so that could, I mean, you could reverse that and say that, you know, probably a third of the sightings are something that we have or a mistaken identity, whatever. I didn't quite get get that. You you said you, they were told a third of of the fighters were well, aliens. A third of the sightings, the third of a third of the sightings, thirty three percent or so of the sightings were considered to be unidentified. In other words, nothing we have. And oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so they would they would track uh, bogies, unknowns, and thirty percent of them approximately were were true unknowns that uh, they couldn't. Uh, come up with an explanation for what they were. That's right. a pretty high percentage. I'm surprised not to hear that. Not birds or not, you know, any other reasonable object. Uh, so a third of them, words, huh? They're That's... most likely aliens. And and in our business, in other words, I figure somewhere around 10% are, are what I would call alien objects, not anything that we have. Now, how many are our own? Probably, uh, I'm just guessing, 20% or something. Listen, George Filer, for the next minute, minute and a half, tell our listeners about Filer's Files and how they can get themselves copies. Well, it's on the web but several places, but the easiest one to go to is uh, nationalufocenter.com. Or if they'd like me to send them the weekly files, which I send out to about well, over 7,000 people, they just have to write to a major star, like a major star in the sky, at horizon.net. And make sure, by the way, you have your spam filter set very, very high. Because when you (laughs) give out your email address, there's going to be a lot of junk. I know we just installed a new spam filter on our server to protect everybody. (laughs) Well, a lot of times you can say, oh, except from, uh, you know, filers' files or whatever, but... uh, I'm thinking about the mail that you get because you gave your email yeah. address out on the air. You know. Normally, I send it out on Wednesday, so most people get out on Wednesday or Thursday morning. You know. Uh huh. So by the time they hear this episode, there'll have been one more issue of Filers Files, and I guess you expect to keep on keeping on until there's a solution or there's nothing more to report. Well, right. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is for certain. But uh, all I can say is I've seen them, and, you know, we get a 1,000 sightings uh, a month from people. Somebody are seeing something. Chris O'Brien, where do we find more of the things you're up to? Well, you can always find me at uh, forum.paracast.com. I am a moderator on our very lively forums. I also do have my own website, ourstrangeplanet.com. It is a strange planet. It's Our Strange Planet. You can find all my books and database and, and other uh, interesting articles there. And I want to thank George for uh, a, a really good job that you've been doing, collating through and selecting out these many sighting reports that are included weekly in your in your filers' files. And uh, continued success. And uh, we welcome you back anytime on the Paracast. We really thank you for being on this week. Well, thank you for having me. And Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. And a very special announcement. Coming next week, the first ever radio appearance by a longtime UFO investigator, David Halperin. He's author of a new book, a novel, Journal of a UFO Investigator, based on his experiences when he was a teenager chasing after the flying saucers. Next week on The Paracast. The Paracast.
copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. 